This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. And I'm your co-host, Caitlin Les. There is something that is happening right now that you may be aware of, or maybe this is your first time hearing of it. It's called the Great Resignation. We heard about the Great Recession back in 2008. What we are now experiencing with COVID being where it's at is the Great Resignation. Record-breaking numbers of people voluntarily leaving their jobs. The purpose of this episode is to talk to you about what is the Great Resignation? Why are so many people looking for jobs or have already left their jobs? And how can you go about creating the type of environment that people don't want to leave by specifically using the principles and models of the one thing? And at the end of the episode, we will share two resources with you that you can use to take the next step. We will also link to them below in the show notes. So Kaylin, let's dive in. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. What is the great resignation? Jeff, you and I and Jay were having a conversation recently where Jay mentioned the great resignations. He even put up quotes so we knew it was a thing. And it's been a term that has been trending recently. So I started to dive into the research. When he said that, what have you been thinking about? What did that mean to you? Well, I've just, I've, I've started to hear from the companies that we work with because the vast majority of my time is invested in the companies that want to bring the one thing to their organization. And I'm consistently hearing that, oh my gosh, it's harder to find talent than ever before. The job market is just crazy. There's so many good jobs. Uh, The comp expectations are higher than ever before. And I'm hearing that people are leaving. That turnover is higher. Voluntary turnover is higher than ever before. So when Jay spoke of the great resignation, it struck a chord with me, which said, we need to dive in, understand this so that we can bring it to our listeners. Yeah. The term was actually coined by a professor at Texas A&M, our great state of Texas, Anthony Klotz. He said that he predicted early on that we would be seeing a bunch of resignations in 2021, simply because during the pandemic, people were facing a lot of uncertainty. And he thought all those people that stayed in jobs they would have otherwise left, they were going to take this opportunity to finally resign and find a job that was was worthwhile for them. What he didn't anticipate was all the things you were talking about, that suddenly the job market has been flooded with amazing jobs. The expectations for what that job should look like from a work-at-home perspective, there's so much that he didn't expect that 
the numbers have been pretty staggering. The most referenced study is the Microsoft Worked Trends Index. And they said that four out of 10 people want to change their jobs. Four out of 10, that's 40% of the workforce is considering a shift. And also, 4 million people, that's 2.7% of the US workforce, they quit their job in April of this year. That's a record going back to the year 2000. And one more that really caught my eye was the fact that 46% of people are considering a move. Jeff Woods, you're evidence of that. You moved to Denver, Colorado. And you want to move to Reno. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Texas is hot. I love it. And Reno's got mountains, something that this place doesn't have. So if I don't have to go to an office, I'm definitely considering a change. Yeah. Yeah. So let's focus for you, the listener. The purpose of this episode, this is the evidence. This is here. This is happening. If you look at your team, the evidence would say that roughly 40% of them might be considering a job change. And 46% of them, they might be considering moving altogether. So what we want to talk about is why we believe that is happening based on the research that we have done and how you can leverage the principles and models of the one thing to create the type of environment that people don't want to leave. So let's dive into why people are leaving. Jeff, there's five primary reasons that have really driven this great resignation. Let's call them the 20%. The 20% reasons that are driving 80% of the reasons that people are leaving. The first one is the delayed resignations. Workers stayed in their jobs through the pandemic because they were facing uncertainty. They otherwise would have left, and now they're facing a backlog of resignations. The second is increased job opportunities. There is a flood of great opportunities right now. Talent has leverage in this moment. They are looking for higher salaries. They are looking for flexibility and designing the job they want versus just taking and keeping the job they have. The third one is work from home policy changes. Many people are unwilling to revert back to the mandatory office commute lifestyle. Parents, especially, they've enjoyed this flexibility and the value of it. They're looking for those work from home opportunities because they're unwilling to give it up. Well, I, I was, you and I were talking about um, a fellow team member who used to have at least an hour commute each way every day. And now that she hasn't had to come to the office, she's a different person. She's way happier. And it made me realize how we can normalize pain in our lives. We can normalize discomfort. But what the pandemic did is when all of a sudden everybody was at home, that pain was relieved for many of us. And now the idea of stepping back into it, the tolerance is non-existent. Yeah, it's a great point because some people thought they didn't like their job, but they suddenly realized that they actually just didn't like the commute. So they mm-hmm. got two hours of their day back. It's, it's quite alarming. For me, it was really apparent when you know, you all, we all have those times in the day where you're just a little worn out and you just need to decompress. You, go, you, you walk through the office, you say hi to the people at the cubicles, you chat it up at the water cooler or the copier. Instead of doing that, I was going out and I was playing with my children. Now I'm playing with my two baby puppies. <laughs> like, I just I remember last week, I had a really difficult meeting and emotionally, I was not in a good place. And I walked down to my living room, laid on the ground and my puppies just like jumped on my face. It was the best thing ever. I didn't get that in an office setting. That counterbalance is so much higher than ever before. 
let's recap real quick. So one is delayed resignations. Two is increase in job opportunities. Three is just the work from home policy changes. What's the fourth? The fourth, Jeff, is burnout. The thing about working from home is that many of us were also living at work. Chronic stress was rampant before the pandemic, but made exponentially worse over the last year and a half. And that the combination of high expectations, pandemic stress, and employees were unable to take that needed time off, burnout is happening in a big way. Mm -hmm. The fifth thing is that a lot of people that had office jobs, they then were staying home and their savings increased. Quarantine was great for saving money. The pandemic created really two distinct financial realities for workers. Some of the people were unemployed and they were behind on rent payments, but the other segment, they increased their savings by a lot. Yeah, if you can't go out to a restaurant and you're cooking instead, it's, it's automatic. We also were able to appreciate small things in a different way. Mm. So we didn't have to run out to spend money on things that we otherwise would have. So people are using this financial cushion to make a career or location change. Yeah, so let's recap. Five main reasons. One, just the delayed resignations, the people that would have resigned anyways that are doing it now. Two, hot job market. There's great job opportunities right now. Three, working from home. Those policies changing. Big reason for it. Fourth, people are burnt out. And five, they have savings. So they feel like they have a little bit of cushion to, to take some risk. Exactly. And some people are even trading that nine to five for building their own business because that cushion allowed mm-hmm. them to think big about what's possible and they're feeling the courage to make the leap. So let's talk about how the one thing can help leaders create the type of environment that people don't want to leave. And what I'm going to share here is from the experience that myself and our team has had working inside a lot of companies. And we have spanned <laughs> every industry and all sizes. A lot of the focus is more smaller business, the, the, the 10 to $200 million revenue range. But a lot of it's way up to the Fortune 500. So the, the problems we are seeing are universal, regardless of what industry you're in or how big your company is, this applies to you. Kalen, before we press record, you were showing me a few stats you found during your research around email and meetings. Share that with the people listening. Jeff, weekly meeting time has increased up to 148% according to Microsoft's work trend reports. Also, 40.6 billion emails were sent from February 2020 to February 2021. That blows my mind. (laughs) That little blow my mind emote. Yeah, that's huge. And, And here's why I asked her to share this with you. I want you to think back to when you applied for your job. Did the title say email checker and meeting attender? No, it did not. I want you to think about the last time you got promoted. Did you get promoted because you were the best email checker or meeting attender in your organization? No, you did not. Now let's look at your calendar. If we followed you around with a camera and documented your every move, what we are seeing is the majority of people's time is being spent, not invested, spent checking email and bouncing from meeting to meeting. We all experience this when. We all started working from home. The number of emails and meetings went through the roof. And they undermined the very productivity we were seeking to have. That is a huge issue. So when it comes to the one thing, we first and foremost have to ask the question, what is our one thing? What are... And if you have more than one thing, which is all of you, what are your priorities? 
your 20% priorities. In fact, if we looked at your job and wrote the job description for it, what are the two to three things that you have to do exceptionally well? Otherwise, you don't earn the right to keep your job. What are those major priorities? I'm willing to place a bet that email and meetings do not fall in those top two to three things. And if they do, you're probably in an administrative position. Let's be clear. We are not saying you should not check email. We are not saying you should not attend meetings. What we are saying is you should be clear on what your priorities are. Have time blocked to accomplish those priorities and you batch the email and the meetings in between. And here's why that this has gone up. When, when we have talked to the leaders and the companies that we work with and asked, why do you think emails are up? Why do you think the number of meetings are up? You know what it boils down to, Kaylin? Tell me. Lack of clarity and lack of alignment. This has been a timeless challenge in an organization. But the pandemic just put a spotlight on it. When you could no longer walk out of your office and go stand over people's shoulders, you could not see what they were doing. You couldn't just say, hey, you got a minute. So you fired off a new email. And because you weren't interacting with people face-to-face anymore, you felt the need to have more meetings. And all of that was simply because leaders and their direct reports were not clear. What is our goal? And based on that goal, what are the priorities of the organization or team? And based on that, what are you accountable for? And they, deep down, didn't feel that they were aligned. How do I hold my people accountable if I can't see them? What they were missing was just a simple process to help make that happen. A simple approach that would give you that clarity, that would give you that alignment. Because I'm telling you, we've seen the companies that have those simple systems and they don't experience this the same way everybody else does. The other big thing that we are seeing is a shift from activity-based to results-based work. Here's what we mean by that. When you work in an office, you can walk over and see what someone is doing. You can check in on them regularly. Yet when you are virtual or hybrid, you don't have that same visibility. So now you just have to focus more on the results. Hey, the last time we talked, it was a week ago. You said these were the things that were going to get done. Did it get done? The challenge with that is if a leader does not know how to ask the right questions as a coach, and if they do not have a simple process to follow to create that clarity and alignment, it's very tough to hold people accountable to results because people don't always know what they need to be doing when they have the autonomy. And that's where tools like a GPS and a 411 come in. A GPS gives you clarity on the priorities of the business. It's a, a business plan creates clarity and alignment across the team. And the 411 allows every single individual to look at the business plan of the team and say, Hey, this is the piece that I own. So based on that, here's what I have to accomplish this year. And they can break it down to small priorities they got to knock down this month and this week to the point that they can look at their calendar and say, Hey, this is what has to be on my calendar for my calendar to actually reflect my priorities and not everybody else's. You know what else is a huge challenge though? While in some ways, I'm really encouraged that, pe- that businesses are focusing more on results than activities. 
the challenge with it is that most people don't know how to walk an activity back from a result. That is a skill that has to be taught and learned. Yeah, we you hear us saying over and over again, think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. It's like drive X dollars in revenue or Y dollars in EBITDA. Great. What do you need to do today to make that happen? Uh, I don't know. And that's the skill. If you want to hold your people accountable to results, you have to be able to coach them to take the big result and ask them simple questions that allow them to identify the activities that they can do. Not should do, feel guilty if they're doing it. They, they actually can do it. That by knocking those dominoes down, make achieving that result possible. And it's such an empowering skill to learn. Once you know how to do that, you can't unsee that, that process. Mm-hmm. And it really is what helps teams achieve goals, what it helps ind- individuals achieve goals. And that skill translates from their professional life into their personal life. And that's another reason they stick around with you because you give them that, that structure and that tool. That's right. And I remember Jay and I have been talking about this for years. When we have studied why people leave an organization... It's usually because they wake up one day and realize they can't have everything they want by being inside your world. And almost always, it's something personally that's suffering as a result of being in business with you. And so as leaders, to be able to take a stand for the whole person, which is exactly what the 411 does, there's a professional side and a personal side, it allows you to, to really show up for them, for the whole person. So they don't have to leave. Jeff, do you have an example of that? I've shared this on some previous episodes. This was three or four years ago now. Uh, My wife and I were not on the same page with money at all. And it was creating a massive divide in our marriage. And it was creating tremendous stress for me. Um, I feel the weight of financial pressure massively. It's it's almost crippling. And it it affected my performance at work. And I remember Jay looked at my 411. Which again, that's the tool that every individual can use to get clarity on their priorities. And when you looked at my personal side, my number one goal for the year was to have 48 budget meetings with Amy. Jane knew how important it was. And he also saw how it was affecting my performance at work. Every week, when we sat down for our one-on-one conversation, which we call a 411, when we sat down for our 411, he asked Jeff, how was your meeting with Amy this weekend? And there were some weeks, Kaylin, where the answer was not good. And I remember times where we literally invested an hour talking about that one thing and nothing else. There was a lot of stuff that we could have talked about in terms of my professional priorities, what I needed to be focusing on that month, what I needed to be focusing on that week, the challenges that we were having in the business. But he understood that if he did not take a stand for me, not the employee, I could never show up as the greatest employee or the the best partner. That built such a strong foundation for our trust in our relationship. It's like, I never need to leave this world. I get everything I want by being inside this world, not just professional fulfillment, but also in terms of personal development. Don't need to leave. So here's why this matters for you. If you are a leader, how many of your people would talk about you the way I just talked about, Jay? And if you're a direct report, if you're an employee, do you feel the same way about your leader? If the answer is no, employees, you don't need to go looking for a job. (laughs) That's not what we're saying here. 
But you need to start asking the question. How do we create the type of environment that people don't want to leave? And if you are an individual contributor, all leadership starts with self-leadership. How do you start to lead your life in a way that you're clear on your priorities? You're clear on your values. And you make sure that those things show up on your calendar. Leaders, how do you stop sending all the emails and the meeting requests? And how do you start giving your people clarity on what their priorities actually are and how they're aligned with the goals of the business so that you can coach them to higher levels of performance and help them have an extraordinary career? And an extraordinary life. Mm-hmm. It really does go hand in hand. And I think a lot about this last year and a half, people did discover what mattered to them. There's a term in the research that I found. It's called, it's called turnover shock. And when there's a shock to the system, whether even if it's a good thing, it can be a promotion, it can be, um, and it can be a pandemic, it can be that your coworker leaves. All of those sort of moments make us reconsider what's important in our life. And they can be a gift in the sense that they give us clarity. And they also, we take that pause to consider, is this one thing helping me achieve my goals? Is this still a priority? Does the job that I go to every day and I invest my time, does it help me become the person that I want to be? And if the answer is no, then that's when you have to consider what the next change is. That's right. That's right. So we want to share some resources with you that will help you take the next step. For those of you, if you are a leader in an organization who is interested in learning how you can start to leverage these principles and models inside your organization, go to theonething.com slash teams. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash teams. That's teams with an S. This is our primary focus right now. And we, we actually had a leadership meeting last week. And there's a massive aha we've had, which is we started as a company that helped the individual. The book was written to the individual. But the number one question that we get or objection that we get from an individual who wants to live the one thing is, my company won't allow me to live this. It won't work in my organization. And what we realize is the actual lead domino is if we focus on helping the team live this, it makes it easier for the individual to live it. So this is our primary focus right now. If you are that leader and you're going, I, I would like to explore this. We want to talk to you. So if you go to the one thing.com slash teams, we'll line up a discovery call so we can ask you some questions to truly understand you and your team and give you some options for how you can get started with bringing this to your organization. And there are three specific things that we have been focusing on lately when it comes to bringing this to your organization. One is goal clarity and alignment at an organizational level to the point that every single person could say, Hey, this is the one thing for the organization. And these are the 20% priorities. And this is the one person who is responsible for driving that priority. Not that they're the only person that does it, but they're the leader of that initiative. And when it has to be done by, it is immense clarity and alignment. Second is a simple system for every single employee to actually have clarity on what they need to do each week and how it's in alignment with the business plan. And then finally, it's how to install a simple accountability system so that leaders get more out of their people and you actually empower them so they feel more engaged in their job. Those are three things we do extremely well. So again, if you're a leader, if any of those resonate with you, go to the one thing.com slash teams. If you are an individual and you're a little unclear 
about what the future looks like. Maybe you know you're meant for more or you don't feel the fulfillment you know you deserve, but you're not clear what that is or how to get it. The best thing that you can do is to join us for our goal setting retreat. Go to the one thing.com slash set my goals. Again, that's with the number one in the URL, the one thing.com slash set my goals. The event is the weekend of November 13th. It's a hybrid event. So we're gonna have thousands of people from around the world joining us virtually as general admission. And then we will have a smaller group of people joining us in person for VIP. And you can learn more about that. And for those of you that are already annual members of our Living Your One Thing community, this is our membership community, you actually get to join us virtually for free. So you guys are already covered. If you're not yet an annual member, go to the one thing.com slash set my goals and learn more about it. It is a life-changing event. I say that because I've seen it in our community. It's such a gift to get a front row seat to people making change and transform transforming their lives. And and personally, I know for me it's really done so much and I and I know for you as well, Jeff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's summarize. This is the 20%. Great resignation, it's here. The pandemic really opened people's eyes. It challenged them to ask questions that maybe they hadn't asked in the past. And people have gotten clarity. Clarity on what matters to them personally and professionally. And if the work environment does not align up with that vision, they are looking for their next opportunity. Roughly 40%. How might you create the type of environment that people don't want to leave? We will tell you it starts by taking a stand for the whole person, the personal life and the professional life. It requires that you have clarity on what the goals and priorities of the organization are and clarity on what every single individual needs to do, what piece of the pie they are responsible for. And then the alignment. How, what they do lines up with the bigger vision. If you can go about creating that clarity, creating that alignment, and taking the stand for the entire person, you will be living the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. If this episode has brought value to you, please think of one person you know that needs to hear it. Share it with them. Share it with your team. Share it with your people. Second, If you are new to the podcast, click the subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, please consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player. It genuinely helps us reach more people and fulfill our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. And I'm your co-host, Caitlin Less. We look forward to being with you again next week.